Open our lips, O God, that our mouths might proclaim your praise. Amen. After reading this passage this past week at the Wednesday Bible study, one of the members said, well, it's a good thing we didn't read this last Sunday on Father's Day. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Or another way you could title this is to say, welcome to Jesus' course on insensitivity training. If this text feels a little bit jumbled, like someone took some snippets from a lot of different sayings and kind of threw them up in the air and then pulled them together and just said, boom, 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 it should feel that way, because in fact, that's what Matthew is doing. Matthew is taking sayings from different sources and pulling them together, but it's not without a theme. The theme, finally, which is love, and to what do we give our hearts? Now, a little bit of context is always important in any gospel reading, and certainly in this one where we're hearing lots of language that could be going, would Jesus really have said that? We remember that by the time Matthew is writing to the community, these are folks who are already experiencing what we hear Jesus saying. They are already experiencing the division of households, the division of communities, because by this point in the early life of the church, of the followers of Jesus, There has been a division in the faith community about who goes to synagogue and who doesn't. And those who are followers of Jesus are already experiencing ostracization in their families, in their communities. And the notion that households are divided isn't something of conjecture, it's what they're currently facing. And so Matthew is writing to that community and he's saying, given that this is our context, How do we live? From what can we draw out of Jesus that speaks to this, that should say to us, you know, you shouldn't be too surprised about this, actually. As Jesus said, in the way that they treated me, expect that it's going to be the same. If you are truly on this way, if you are truly on this way that I have chosen and you choose to be on this way, these are the same things that are going to happen to you. If they think I'm Satan, they're going to think you're Satan. As Jesus chooses to live out the way, as Jesus chooses to be in the space of God. We've said a number of times that it's always important to remember that Jesus didn't get killed because the Romans had nothing better to do that day. He got killed because he was a real threat. When you associate with the people that Jesus associates with, when you say the things about human beings and God that Jesus says, it threatens order. And order doesn't like to be threatened. His very way of being, his very way of being in relationship with people was too threatening to allow to be continued. And thus the threats. Doesn't he know what kind of people these are? If he really loved God, he wouldn't say these things or do these things or be with these kind of folks. So when we experience periods of hostility, when we experience periods of threat, of division, Matthew holds up for his community and us, how do we live? When we find ourselves in times of threat, what are we to do? 
And the first thing he says is, do not fear. That can be an easy one, can't it? But it's helpful for me to remember he's saying, don't, he's not saying don't be scared, but he's saying don't let that define. Don't let that be the place from where you move and live and choose to go forth. Don't let the fear define your actions. Don't let all those nasty, accusing voices of fear, all those voices that want to make us feel like we're not safe, that we're really not dignified human beings, all those voices don't live from them. And on the days when it's particularly hard to silence the voices, that's why we gather. Don't fear. Don't live from that fear. Don't let it define you. But ask instead, to whom are you connected? To whom are we connected? What way have we chosen? What does it mean to be choosing the space of God? To whom do we give our hearts? It conjures up the story of Peter in the Gospel of John where people are leaving Jesus because what he's saying is too hard to take. And Jesus looks at them and says, aren't you guys leaving too if you had a brain? And Peter says, where else are we going to go? Who else really has life? I don't feel safe with you, Jesus, is what he's saying. But everyone else who's come along promising safety, promising security, promising life, turn out to be only so many snake oil salespeople eventually. Because we found in you something about a relationship, something about the connection with you that inflames our hearts, something that says this is true. This is dignified. This is sacred. This is real. This is who we want to be and how we want to live. Where else would we go? Now, there's a caveat in this story because there's, there's this wonderfully subtle, sweet little temptation when we talk about being ostracized, when we talk about making choices that separates And that temptation is, you know, Jesus, well, I'll put it this way. When I was in the discernment process in Atlanta, we were in this pastoral group, and we would go do these pastoral experiences and write reflections on them. Excuse me, excuse me, one second. I'm sorry, I haven't even gotten to Cuba and had one cigar, and I'm already coughing. (laughs) But we write these reflections, and I was writing this reflection to share with the group where it hadn't gone real well. What I had offered hadn't really been received well. And I made the mistake of writing towards the end of it, well, Jesus, you said that they wouldn't always accept us. (laughs) Thank you for laughing. (laughs) That's what my group did. (laughs) They said, oh, sweet Todd, isn't that sweet? Isn't that safe for you? (laughs) Jesus must be so proud. (laughs) Here I am, Jesus. (laughs) They don't love you. They don't love me. Because if we really have given our hearts to Jesus, that stuff just doesn't even come up. If we are on the way, we're not comparing and contrasting. We might be saying, it's difficult, but we don't get into this, how proud Jesus is of me. 
And when Jesus says, I have come to bring a sword, not peace, what he is saying is, think about what a sword is all about. Think about that word decision, whose root is from scissors. If you make a decision, you inherently are defining things. And you don't just get to say, I'm making a decision, but I'm still going to do it all and make everybody happy. And what Jesus is saying is, I'm not, not saying I'm bringing some kind of holy war, but he's saying is if you choose to be on this path, you've made a decision. And you're already starting to cut things. And know that when you make decisions to follow Jesus, there's going to be some things left behind. And again, not all the community is going to appreciate it. When you choose and make vows that we will indeed respect the dignity of every human being, that right away defines things. But what about this category of people? Or what about that category of people? And Jesus said, I didn't come here to make you all sweet. I came here to say, let's go on the way and take it where it takes us. And let's not be naive about the decisions we have to make along the way. But let us think about why we make those decisions, to whom we're connected, and where it is that our hearts are truly fed, where our hearts really experience connection, where our hearts experience a safety that isn't about tangible stuff, but something about relationships that say, these aren't going to fade and disappear at the first threat. This passage really is about love. This passage really is about to what do we give our hearts, both individually and collectively? To what does all souls give its heart? Well, as I referred to in just a second, this next Saturday, I'm getting to go with a group of our senior high students and some other adults to Cuba on a pilgrimage. <clears throat> and it will be defining. It will be one of those things that kind of cuts like a sword. Because it will offer its own wisdom. It will offer its own experience. Excuse me, I'm really sorry. In this, this group of folks, like the ones who have gone before, are choosing to be in a space, a space with others, a space of relationship. We're not going to paint buildings or build buildings. We're going simply to be in relationship for 10 days, to experience one another, to have our hearts, minds, souls, bodies exposed to something we haven't seen before. And I don't know what's going to happen because I haven't been there yet. I've heard the stories of others who have gone. But I do know that, on one hand, something will be expanded about our souls and our hearts. Something will be expanded that speaks to how we know ourselves, how we know other people, and how we know God. I also know that in the process, something will be lost. I don't know what will be lost, but I know something will have to be left behind as this new experience brings things that says, now what do you do with this? And if you're going to continue on this path, what has to be left behind? We are going to be in their space, not simply because we love swords and losing things, but because we believe in relationship. 
And we believe that only relationship saves us. Only the opening of our hearts to every human being do we truly find ourselves and others in God. And so that's what Matthew is holding up to his community and to us today. He's calling us to be in the space of God, to be in the love of God, to be on the way with Jesus. And he is telling us that when we get into that space, decisions are made. And he's giving us a community, the message saying, you have chosen to be on this path with Jesus. And it is defining. And the question you need to continually chew on and ponder and live from is to what have we given our hearts?